Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <laughs> he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It got on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. Oh, my Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. It is the March edition of your favorite one-stop shop for horror stories, horror news, and tales of the real-life unexplained monsters at midnight. I'm your host, your favorite escaped madman loose on the airwaves, terrorizing your eardrums, Matt Schaefer. And joined with me always is the doctor himself, cooking up this podcast in Zima Podcasting Laboratories. Graham Zima, how are you today, sir? I am. Uh, I'm. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm debating whether or not I'm sick right now. We were just having this conversation before the program. I don't know if I am, but all signs are pointing towards a cold. So the, the vote's bum, not bum, in bum. yet. Exactly. And with us, of course, is the groovy goulette, Jolyn Dormady. How are you today, Miss? I am great. This is gonna be great, you guys. This is gonna be the best podcast we've ever done. I am not convinced by that either was very of you. Unconvincing and like we're going to have way. a great show yeah. regardless of our attitudes right now. Hey, mine was really positive. It's Sarcasm starting, or not. It's starting to get warmer out. I'm happy. It's yeah. fi- what time is it? Probably close to six and it's still no, light literally out. Literally just about to be six so, o'clock. Happy daylight savings. Of course, people are listening to this. It may not be six o'clock. Yeah, probably so. not. Well, when we're recording at six o'clock, sorry I broke the illusion. <laughs> it is not actually midnight, but we've got a great show lined up for you. We've got a hot, a lot of hot horror news to discuss, given the recent Oscars winners Ooh. and certain announcements from our favorite filmmaker. In the oh, midst. God. So, <laughs> bolt your doors, lock your windows, turn out the lights. Monsters at Motherfucking Midnight rides again for March. We're I feel gonna like s- you're the only one. Well, if pe- people have listened to this enough know exactly who we're talking about, but I feel like at this point, you're the only one that displays any type of excitement when we bring up that's, you know who. That's fine. We'll, we'll get this to it. Great. You're going to be excited, and we're going to so get to it later. So we're going to start uh, off with uh, the Oscars just happened. Oh, that was the thing did. that just happened. And we had not one, but two horror filmmakers Woo. win, walk away with something this year. Um, Jordan Peele won Best Screenplay to for nobody's his, surprise for his yeah. film Get Out. I honestly think like all of America would have been pissed if he didn't win something. You know? Yes, right. I mean, I would have been actually. Oh, yeah. But we've established I don't really give a shit about the Oscars. I still think right. it's cool. We all kind of And uh, Guillermo, wow, wow, Guillermo del Toro won Best Director. I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, Best Director and then Best, and then best, best picture, picture. I right? knew Best yeah. Picture, but I think mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Best Director as well for his film The Shape of Water. So we were talking about the horror climate in awards season, and here we have 
two filmmakers winning awards for pseudo-horror movies. So I just want to get your thoughts on the... Yeah, on what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with you, Graham, since you look happy to be here. <laughs> uh, I've talked extensively about the, the, in fact, the most recent edition of Living the Dream. I We talked like extensively about award shows, in particular the Oscars. So I have said everything that needs to be said about like my stance. I think that award shows are just nonsense at this point. They're not even entertaining anymore. I, I went into how I just feel like Jimmy Kimmel is just the most unfunny human being on the face of the earth, and how both how it's convenient that both Jimmys that are late night hosts just make me cringe. Um, but that's a completely separate topic. I'm talking about Jordan Peele, Guillermo del Toro. Not really surprising. Like I, I feel like this is one of those award seasons that was pretty well calculated by all of the quote unquote experts. Um, in terms of who was going to win. So when Jordan Peele won, I mean, obviously, as, as we mentioned, like if he hadn't won, it would have been a pretty big surprise. Um, I, I guess the only one that was a little surprising was Shape of Water, but only because I don't think there was a clear front runner for Best Picture at all. I think that it was super up in the air. So if something like Three Billboards, I forget the full title, like Outside Missouri or whatever. Ebbing, Missouri. Ebbing's Missouri. Um, had won. I don't, I think it wouldn't have been so much a surprise, but it'd been like, oh, okay, so that's the one that kind of takes the open award like there was no front runner so but and shape of water one i enjoyed it um i have my own problems with it but i think overall it was a very enjoyable experience visually stunning um had i mean fantastic performances from sally hawkins uh richard jenkins michael shannon um oh god yeah Super, super great movie. Um, really awesome to see Del Toro win too. Yeah, um, and and get a Academy recognition. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a good year for horror films. Hopefully, we'll have something like this again. Who knows when? Um, but I don't know. And also, my problem with award shows stems back to, I mean, kind of the talking about horror films, how they've not usually recognized. Um, and then same thing with like comedies, where it's mm-hmm. like, why? why can't comedies have that same type of... Like, it's, it's a big deal when a comedy gets, like, any type of, like, major award nomination, but... Um, and it's the same thing with horror. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Well, awesome. that's kind of why I'm glad that Get Out won something, even though, right. like I said, nobody's really surprised, but because Jordan Peele would have qualified that as either, like, a horror film or a comedy, you know? And it, right. So it, it's sort of breaking down some barriers, maybe, you know? Yeah, who Is knows it? what the future holds, which I guess that makes it more interesting, then? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I would be open if the award shows... Number one, we're actually entertaining again. Number two, like, did have, like, more... Because I I hate the term Oscar movie. That's the one that's always thrown around. Like, what qualifies as an Oscar movie? Where it's like, oh, he that that director made a more award season type movie. It's like, well, I feel like every movie that comes out in some way, it should be able to at least qualify for an award. You know, even if they don't get... Not obviously everyone is qualified at the end of the day. Like, there's going to be movies that are good and bad. But, like, at the end of the day, there shouldn't be, like, a a genre that is called, like, an award season type movie. Um, That's a but good point. Anyway. Yeah. Have anything else to add, Jolin? Well, I mean, I, I guess he, he kind of covered a lot. Um, I've kind of been dying for Guillermo del Toro to win something because he's been a fantastic director, producer, writer for however long, you know? Um, and... Admittedly, I'm a little disappointed that this was the film that did it, uh, The Shape of Water, because I I loved The Shape of Water, but in terms of his other films, I think it's, I mean, it is fantastic, but I think a lot of his other films could have, could have been up there too. I've heard that like this is sort of one of those things like where Ennio Morricone won Best 
score for The Hateful Eight. It's not so much like him winning the award for the movie. It's like him winning the award for like all of for his previous lifetime achievement yeah. award. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know? I get that. Yeah, right on. People are making that argument with like Roger Deakins for Blade Runner, but I don't exactly agree with that. I think that that was. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but um, anyway. But also, yeah, I mean, because I I had some issues with Shape of Water too, but I think I'm also a little bit biased because like. The whole romanticism and horror thing. I, th- I I know that's classically very common, but I'm not super into it. So, but I also do think that's a, a big factor on, like, why this movie did so well is because it was romanticized. You know, I don't think it would have done as well if it was just a horror movie. Right, and that makes an interesting case, and that's something that yeah, I wouldn't really classify Shape of Water as a horror horror movie no. at all. But I mean, it definitely has elements like it's oh, gory as fuck, yeah. and I mean, it's definitely. essentially the creature from Black Lagoon, but not quite, you know. Yeah, not officially. Because but it does. Yeah, I think you're completely right. Like the fact that it brings in fantasy mm-hmm. and and well, and it's like kind of a drama too, because right, you know, yeah. it has a lot of elements to it, and <clears throat> I honestly think that's why he got it was because this is probably the least horror-like horror movie that Del Toro I wonder, done. too, if, like, Get Out... Well, there's a lot of things that play into Get Out's sort of run in the awards season. Um, I know, I know well, there was... We kinda, sorry. We kinda, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. We no, you're talked good. about this before, too, is, like, the fact that the horror movies that do win aren't exactly horror movies, or they're not right. qualified as such. Uh, well, they well, always have, like, this blanket thrown over them, mm-hmm. where it's like, I we can like this horror movie because it deals with race, or it mm-hmm. deals with, like, like love, or... Uh, uh, family or yada yada. Yeah, right. I was thinking more about the uh, the situation that uh, that happened where I think it, well, there was some article published. Now there may be be some fact checking on this. I'm not 100 sure, but it was like they they talked to a lot of the award academy members and like apparently they hadn't watched like a good percentage of them hadn't watched Get Out. What? And they had just really? or like they don't well even like Edgar Wright who's on the the academy board or whatnot had seen hadn't seen like a, a, a good list of the movies that were nominated so oh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting you would think that that'd be like a pretty big requirement if not like that's the biggest like the requirement only, yeah i was gonna say that should be the only requirement it's just you know? it goes circles back to the fact that i think the academy awards are absolute nonsense yeah and it's like it's like again it's like i say this all the time but who really like i think it's great that jordan peele got an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. I'm all for Jordan Peele getting an Academy Award because this, like, this takes him from another level of, like, comic duo that was doing YouTube stuff. Like, yeah, he moved YouTube on shorts. All of a sudden, he's, an, like, a, an established writer in the mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, fast. while I don't necessarily think that you, like, need an Academy Award to do it, I'm glad yeah, that's that that's important. getting yeah. him recognition as a talented writer. Right. Which, at the end of the day, is what meant the most to me, because Get Out, I think, is a phenomenally written movie. Yeah. And I think it's great that someone like Jordan Peele got an Academy Award, because he has talent that deserves to be recognized. Well, and I, I kind of feel the same way about Del Toro, because Yeah, it's exactly. Like, you know, he, he brings a lot of gore into genres that wouldn't normally see that. Like, I mean, even in, like, Pan's Labyrinth, like, mm-hmm. there was right. a lot of sort of really gory stuff in there that, even though it is kind of like a fantasy movie, it's kind of horrifying at the same time. And yeah. I think he's kind of breaking things down a little bit and, and melding things together that wouldn't necessarily go together, and I like that a lot. Yeah. I think, like, at the end of the day, I think it's great that... 
I think it's great that these people have won Academy Awards because mm-hmm. it gets some recognition. It gets some uh, a foot in the door. It gets some what they deserve, yada, yada, yada. But I hate the fact that like we rely so yeah. heavily on the Academy Awards. Right. Like, I wish that there... I'm, and I'm sure there could have been, but I wish, like, if, like... I wish it didn't necessarily have to be the case for so many people to get their this Academy Award to s- somehow be validated, yeah. which isn't necessarily always the case. It's like they're like everyone always made a big deal about Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio not winning an Academy Award. There are tons of talented actors yeah. who have never won an Academy Award. Right. But I think it's a little bit more difficult for like writers and directors because they're not always in the spotlight. That's you know true what I mean? too. Like. That's kind of what makes a household name versus a non-household name is like an, an Oscar award or some sort of award. Is, is That's how you sort of start to recognize screenwriters or directors. So, mm-hmm, true. I mean, granted, like, nerds like us, we already kind of know of these people, but mm-hmm. not everybody would. I guess people definitely heard about Jordan Peele and, you know, yeah. by this, at this point, people know who Guillermo del Toro is. So, it's probably why they both kind of got pretty far because they had a really wide audience to them. But, uh... I mean, it, it could make some sort of a difference just for recognition, but also mm-hmm. it's not necessary, and it is kind of a, I don't know, it's not the best process. We've discussed that before, though. It's like the whole award ceremony thing is just kind of like, I don't sure. know. It, it doesn't exists. mean everything. What was that? It exists. It, it does exist. And it, I just thought it was cool to see uh, uh, two horror-related movies yeah. uh, come come back with awards this past year. And they were so year. highly like highly rated, yeah. you know. It Especially wasn't just after like a we had a show bitching about horror movie <laughs> horror movies and the awards. We season. were so pissed. Um, that took up like almost a whole episode, didn't it? Probably. That was kind of funny. I don't know. I remember because it was like one of the yeah, that was it's one of like the main descriptions of that episode was because we were like so focused on that, which we talked about the Academy Awards for a long time. I don't know. We always maybe they just did it to spite us specifically because <laughs> we were, were talking listening. ship. The Academy was so. listening. No, it always <laughs> it never fails. No matter like what sh- what show we're doing around award season, I always need to bitch about the Academy Awards because no, right. and like and I because like everyone always and I I feel like that comes from my like need to validate myself as an artist. Like everyone's always like, oh oh you're a filmmaker. Oh you're you're gonna watch the Oscars, right? Who do you want to win? It's like I don't give a shit. Well, it's like, I I'm gonna bring. We're going to talk that, about that more later when we talk about um, one of these directors that we're going to be talking about later. Cause the I, greatest filmmaker yeah, of all time. I have, I have thoughts. I have so many thoughts. And I think it was partially because I was writing it while I was really mad. But also, I have so many opinions on this. So, uh, anyway. All right. So, yeah, Jordan Peele and Guillermo del Toro walked away with Oscars. What are your thoughts, uh, audience? Tweet at us. <laughs> I thought you were about to ask us again. Like, you just like, we just we'd, love, we'd love to hear your thoughts, audience. Matt has short-term memory. <laughs> we're all off today. It's I'm, fine. I'm fine. <laughs> don't lie to yourself that. Like didn't that didn't sound you genuine at all. Do you I don't guys, believe do you for a second. Do you guys hear that? Do you hear that? No. It's, it's like a voice. It says, Matt can't think of a segue for the next topic, so we're going to talk about the next topic. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um... So, Strangers Pray at Night, sequel uh, to the cult 2011. Did we talk about the trailer? 
Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh, we did. Yeah, okay. Now mm-hmm. I'm remembering that. Yeah. Okay. Strangers Pray at Night, the sequel to the cult 2011 hit. The was Strangers. It oh, no, it's 2009. Okay. 2009 yeah, it's hit. I don't know. So uh, pretty old. Okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> In terms of like, because we talk about horror news, you know, it's not like we're talking about classics here. Oh, right. Well, sometimes we are, but you know what I mean. Like, it's, it's old in comparison to the other things we've been talking about, sure. I think. But yeah, uh, anyway. Strangers Pray at Night just came out. It's, uh, Jolyn saw it. It's her yeah. favorite movie ever. No, honestly, it was so fucking good, you guys. I'm so pumped. Why don't and you tell us a little bit about it, and then it'll stem into our next topic. Okay, um, I'm going to do my best not to give things away, but um, you can tell the director is really into 70s and 80s horror, um, and he executes it really well. I don't think he used a jump scare once. If he did, it was like briefly and not that noticeable, and I thought that was amazing because jump scares can be really cheap. This movie didn't really have any of those. Um and it, okay, how can I not give this away? Um, well, there's a scene at the end that is very reminiscent of the final scene in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where mm. the chick is sort of like getting away on the truck. That doesn't really give away much, but um, it's really fucking cool. And he does it really well while still sort of doing a new twist on it. Um, and I just, I I was a huge fan of this movie. I was geeking out the whole time and I geeked about it for about two hours afterwards. I was really into it. And um, the consensus that I've heard from other people who've seen it is that it is even better than the last one. And um, he, yeah. Uh, So if you liked the first one, I think you'll really like this movie. Also, I don't think it's super necessary to have seen the first movie to see this one. So if you haven't seen the first one, like still check out this movie. It's really, really good. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. Um, I guess I have I have one spoiler I kind of want to talk about. Graham, do you want to like check out for a second? Because I know you care about this uh, movie. Yeah, I'm going to check out. I'm editing a great photo of Matt right now. So. Oh, awesome. Just, uh, oh, that's good. No. That'll be good. <laughs> I, I will tune out now. Okay, tune out. Um, so, spoiler alert, everybody who's listening, if you want to, just tune out for a second. Um, what I really like is that two of the characters are teenagers, and their parents die really quick in the movie. So they're kind of left on their own and they're really, it's like really early on and it's while they're both sort of like about to go out on their own. So, you know, it's terrifying on a kind of whole new level. Like you really feel for that because it's, that's a very scary time anyway. And then to sort of have it where they're also fending for their lives, it's like, it's a whole new level of being terrified. So this movie does a really good job at scaring you. It does a really good job with editing. It's, it's very... Like, you can tell this guy really cares about older horror films, and it just, it felt really good to see, because you could tell the guy who made it was just a huge fucking nerd, you know what I mean? And and those always feel really good. Awesome. So, so very b- pumped. Big recommendation. Yeah, uh, huge. From Joe Lynn. And a lot, of, a lot of people have seen it are really into it. A lot of my friends who are into older horror films are really into this movie. Um, I have one I, question for yes. you, though. Is this awards worthy? Boo. <laughs> I don't care. I, I mean, it. honest like, okay, I don't think it would be because it doesn't have like Oh no, I'm just what about okay. fan I, I know chainsaw awards. Maybe. I think maybe. Because this one ew, ugh, it was so good. And the ending, like if you're anything like me and you you don't want all of the main characters to be fine at the end, I think you're gonna love this movie. Cool. How's Christina Hendricks in it? 
dude, holy shit, she fucking killed it. Cause she's the she's a little girl from uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, Christina Hendricks. No, I she's so, from right? Mad no, Men. She's the redhead. Oh, from the redhead. Mad okay, I'm sorry. I was that was my bad. But I'm the, her teenage daughter is is the little girl from Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Okay, well she's okay. Good. Christina Hendricks wasn't actually all that good. She wasn't horrible. She was better. <laughs> okay, the thing is, the dad is played by the dad who was in the ring, and he I don't think he did as well in this film. Okay. I think the parents kind of they they didn't do as well, but also like. That could have been somewhat on purpose because mm. they weren't kind of the main focus of this okay. film. So, but they right. still, I think the mom did better than the dad did. Even though I like them both as actors, otherwise I don't think they they really sold it as much as the kids did. But really, in, in terms of the film, you kind of want the kids to do a little bit better acting wise. So, okay. kind of worked. Cool. It worked. So we bring this up because the uh, director of the movie, uh, Johan Roberts, or Johannes Roberts, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing Johann, that, but, um, yeah. is a big fan of John Carpenter and has often expressed interest in directing a remake of Christine. He's quoted in Bloody Disgusting, uh, our shout out, our monthly shout out to Bloody Disgusting. Thanks, Bloody Disgusting. It's where we get all not our news from. Most of our, we're not sponsored, but it's where we receive most of our news. We love you, Bloody Disgusting. Uh, he's quoted saying, I go into Sony every week under the pretense of doing something else. Like, oh yeah, you got this news. So about Christine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's happening with that. I'll get it one day. So it sounds like he really, really wants to direct a remake of Christine, and not only that, he also wants to direct a remake of one of John Carpenter's lesser-known films called Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I turn it over to JoLynn first, because I feel like she may have a uh, more strong opinion about this than Graham. I honestly, it's like, I, I used to be really against the idea of people doing a bunch of remakes all the time because I thought it was kind of a waste um, and I feel like people should make new things but this is kind of the age of nostalgia so it's like if we are going to have remakes I think those are two really good options because mm-hmm. you could I mean it was already kind of a big film as I mean it wasn't huge as a miniseries it wasn't like well received necessarily but all like right. you know I don't think that necessarily needed a remake but they made it anyway and it turned out to be pretty Good. What, what's that face? Graham's just made a very strange noise. I couldn't tell if it was. I said like, right, right. Oh, oh. that's not what it sounded. <laughs> I said that too much. I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was like affirmation or disapproval. I say You're it's like, like at this point it's like a tick. Like I'm anticipating for like all the different shows, people are gonna start doing like tallies or drinking games based on how many times I say yeah, right, or mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> well, I mean that's like me getting overexcited and then. Yelling into the microphone next to You actually that haven't that done that today. Yet. Yeah, not today. It's because I'm all, I'm so off. I didn't even write as many notes. It's today. a weird day when Jolyn is <sighs> screaming. I'm still really. Ex- I was really excited about the Strangers movie, and I still am. So I really fucking see that. But um, I have a lot of. I still have so many opinions today. You guys just wait. You just cool. wait. I'll just get into it a little bit more. But um, oh, and the whole. Every time I bring up the Christine remake, because I've been talking about this nonstop to people I know who are into horror, especially the ones who have seen the the Strangers sequel because mm-hmm. it's like most people I know I've were really into the stranger sequel so I'm like hey what do you think about the director going hey I want to remake Christine their first thing is how the fuck are they going to find a 50s Plymouth Fury because yeah. that was like the only uh, right. push start I think they had in the in the, like, the 50s there and are still certain right. collectors that have those cars though because John Carpenter actually did a music video for his remake of his Christine theme Holy with shit. Uh, so he tracked down one of the cars well then the fuck video. it man I really want to see this I, I really genuinely do because it's like if if this is going to be the time where we're doing remakes like i think the strangers director really i think he can really fucking do some fun stuff with with remakes also like 
as much as I want to see that, I also really want to see him do some original work because yeah. this that that last film felt so good for me as a as a huge fucking nerd, and I think a lot of other huge fucking nerds were really into it because it was so like reminiscent of older movies. So I, I think he could find ways to be reminiscent of older things without like actually remaking something. So I think he could have a really good niche in this modern horror yeah. genre. Well, he wears his uh, uh, inspirations on his sleeve just by seeing the trailer. Mm-hmm. There, there are bits of it that immediately made me think of Christine when oh, I yeah. saw the trailer because there's a, there's a bit. Oh, yeah, it's definitely there. there is a like. I think there's a car on fire at some yep. point it, and uh, driving and of course when the guy pulls up with I think we're alone now playing mm-hmm. it's like y- oh this is uh, do you care if I do another spoiler really quick spoiler okay spoiler again kind of the the song isn't actually played when he does that oh. and I but I kind of like that because okay. it's like I don't know this this movie really threw me for a loop a lot of times like there were so many things where I was like oh this is what's gonna happen and then it doesn't happen you're just kind of like oh all right, well, you know, do that then, you know? I, it was good. It was really good. I want to check it out. I still need to see the first one. Yeah. You don't, I mean, like, you, well, I, I'd, I'd like, like to it. see the first uh, yeah, one. Yeah, right. You for, don't I mean, you wouldn't have to to see the sequel. Like, I think you'd still know what was going on. Yeah. All right. But really fun. <laughs> Probably really won't fun see stuff. either of them. Graham, what do you think yeah. of this guy remaking Christine, or do you care? I have no opinion, so right. I'm not even ah. going to try to... Okay. I sound like a total jackass. That's fair. Um... I really like the the original Christine. Um, yeah. That being said, I think it's uh, it's a strange story just because like there are two completely different things going on with it. It's like it's like a story about obsession and like the darkness of obsession, but the car is also like haunted, and I think that immediately makes it kind of a goofy, fun story. Yeah. Part of me thinks it would be interesting because you brought up bringing up the 1950s Plymouth. Part of me thinks it would be interesting if they like, if if they brought it since it's going to be a modern setting, presumably with a remake, they do it like Ooh. a 1980s sports car. Oh, that'd be really fun. I think, I think that could be that'd really be good. interesting, and it would give it a new identity yeah. and a new look. Well, especially because that's kind of what it did. Where yeah. like initially in the in the miniseries, I think the kids were raised in like what the 50s, the 50s and then in this yeah. one they were in the 80s because it was a little bit more modern. Yep, that could be fantastic. That, that's a really I've, good. I like where your head's well, at. Well, I like, because uh, I had an image of like, I don't know, I don't know. Or like it. a 70s Plymouth, yeah. like a Cuda. Oh, yeah. dude, I would die. I'd be like, so into that. Because <laughs> I thought, because there's some good ass cars like yeah. in the 70s and 80s. Because oh. I, I don't know anything about cars, but like. Uh, they could do a 70s muscle car and I would just. That I would, would be shit. cool. That would be <laughs> that would really be so good. Done. But like oh in the God. 80s, they had those cars that had the headlights that would flip up. Oh, and yeah. that immediately oh, made my this, God. like the cars waking up or Holy something like that. Fuck, so dude. I think. <laughs> There's I think there are a lot, if they did remake Christine, I think that would be, there's a lot of interesting things that they could do with it. So I'm, uh, and it, it, since it's, I wouldn't necessarily see it as a remake either, since it's technically an adaptation of a previous work. So right. I'm more open to it existing yeah. rather than it being like a one-to-one remake of the, the fog or something like, which does exist, but no one saw. Yeah, well, um, I, I saw it. You did. did you really? No, I'm just oh, that's like of all see, things. That's like the one person I know seen. that's seen the remake of The Fog. Ugh. Um, but somebody give Johan whatever like all the money. So Johan that he can Roberts. Make this movie. There he is. There, um, there it is. Yeah, but yeah, I'd I'd be down for a Christine remake. If he wants to remake Memoirs of an Invisible Man, sure. I don't know anything about John Carpenter's Memoirs of yeah, an Invisible Man. So yeah, it's something I didn't. I didn't so I don't know what's going on? But yeah, it's, it seems like he's got his. 
he's got his chops. Uh, he's proving his excuse me, proving his horror chops, and he's got a feel for uh, classic horror and what makes uh, good horror. Going off of, I'm really blowing smoke out my ass because I haven't seen The Strangers too. But going off of what uh, Jolene really has said, I well, and it's it. like I'm, I get really mad about things pretty quick if a if a movie's really bad, you know. And granted, I've only seen this film once, and I went with somebody <laughs> who said like, you know, this might be one of those things where if you see it again, you're not gonna like it quite as much. Mm. You know, it could just be the fact that you kind of expected it not to if be I as good. If I had a nickel for every time that happened, what in any just saw it again, didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, it's just it's. But, I I don't know, especially ones that like are in theaters. Then I get them on DVD. It's just like it. it sometimes it's just the mood you were in. Yeah. You're just in such a great mood, and then the movie just added point. to that. And you I didn't, wasn't it was, in a really good mood when I saw it. I was right. Very so good. you know, <laughs> but, but who knows? You know, who knows? You, I feel like rewatches are a very crucial thing when it comes yeah. to movies of literally any genre. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to give it a second chance at yeah. that point. Um, well, especially, I, especially like big blockbusters. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. No, but like, you're fine. I like big, blo- <laughs> big blockbusters, like uh, like Star Wars or whatnot. Like you have all this anticipation yeah. for it, and a lot of the time, like your 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 brain just isn't able to process everything that you're seeing, you know, because you're mm-hmm. just so excited and stuff while watching it. So that's why I try to see those those movies as much as possible, just to kind of give myself the most clear perspective on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was I me think, with the fifth Die Hard film. I was like, mm-hmm. "Fuck yeah, Die Hard film on the big screen. This yeah, is you saw awesome." It again, it was horrible. Oh god, it's <laughs> beyond horrible. Well, like with this one, at least for me, I like I think that might be the case with certain things because there were a lot of things where it's like you expected something to happen and then another thing happened. So knowing if you go into it knowing like, oh, you know, even though I expected this thing, it's not going to happen. So you might be a little bit disappointed in that aspect, but with how solid the acting was and like the the soundtrack and the choices that they did make like aesthetically i i think it'll hold up pretty well um yeah i'm i'm 100% willing to watch it again in fact i'm probably going to because i'm intrigued but are we invited yes cool. <laughs> if we if maybe i won't be late to this thing oh, <laughs> maybe maybe we'll be late once. 20 bucks says so. you will be I know. I'm always fucking I know. At least I have the clipboard, right? I got something going you for do. me. You do. So, yeah. There is a redeeming, <laughs> That's redeeming it, aspect of all <laughs> this. Just because I take fucking notes and take clipboard. <laughs> Oi. Anyway. Oh, I'm just God. happy to be here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, be on the lookout for Johannes Roberts. Johannes. Johan. Johannes. I don't know. <laughs> we tried. Oh, jeez. Um, on the topic of uh, new horror films, I'm going to talk about... Uh, film called uh veronica trash uh shut up oh. you didn't even see it watch fragments of it you didn't see i didn't i didn't anything. see any of it so um, I'm, I'm i'm out of this new yeah. film by the filmmaker paco plaza spanish filmmaker who is known for writing and directing wreck and wreck 2 and wreck it ralph <laughs> <laughs> had to you're an ass it was uh, released <laughs> straight to netflix oh, fuck. and it's uh, exceptionally good well, not maybe not exceptionally good, but it's really good. We, we heard, had a lot of fun with it. I've heard a lot of really There's good a lot things. of great attention to the detail that we were like uh, actively rewinding and noticing things while we were watching it, and that's it's uh, never overtly like. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> was this the film that people were saying was like? Like hard to finish, like it was hard to watch. That's because the it was so marketing fucked up. of that movie. It, it's was that the thing? Like, was know. that the same film? I, I, I had heard that. Like, how are we supposed to know if that's actually true? You know, it's I, well, things. was that was that the film they were talking about, or was it? Something yeah, else? I think okay, this, I think right. this was okay. it. All right. 
has so since received positive reviews, including being dubbed the scariest horror film ever. See, I don't agree with that okay. because that's such a loaded phrase. There's some really, really good moments in it, but and the one moment in particular, which I'm not going to spoil because it's a really good moment, but uh, there was never... I was on edge the entire time. I was never overtly scared. No, mm. oh, well, maybe I was. I was gonna say it was pretty intense. Were. It was <laughs> pretty. It was a it's very creepy movie. Um, well shot. A lot of interesting shots and uh, edits in the film. It's this well paced and the acting is very good. Uh, only uh, caveat is if you don't like subtitles, it is in Spanish. So I you, love Spanish. Ones so films. yeah get over yourself and enjoy it because if you're a horror film there's a lot of really cool uh moments and uh, uh good little good little uh nuances that make it a really interesting horror film and that's something that's loud and bombastic and right. in your face about being scary you said this was on netflix yeah yes okay. i think it was released directly to netflix okay. but i could I be wrong that. in that who knows nowadays after uh annihilation and all that like you know they oh, go I've out for so theaters about that. oh i saw it oh how was it it's uh it's a movie Ooh. i mean it's okay <laughs> yeah, here's the thing the only thing i can say in terms of it's like horror um, elements or whatnot, whatnot. Like when it becomes like a mystery horror film, it's really good. Hmm. Uh, but when it's not, and it tries to be this like sappy sci-fi drama, Ugh. that sounds not, gross. Anyway, work. I mean, visually it's good at moments. Like sometimes the CGI is really on point. Sometimes it's not. It's, a, it's definitely a movie I should have waited till it came to Netflix instead of paying the eleven fifty or however much it costs to see the evening. Uh, yeah. So you gotta go to matinees, people. Yeah. CGI um, can suck my dick. I think I've said that on we this have, podcast we before. Ha- that, I guess we transitioned <laughs> into Valentine's Day with that. That oh, was the yeah. exact phrase you oh, said. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hate it so much. Anyway. Oh, Bad CGI. <laughs> I don't know. But I hate most of it. I think CGI, CGI is a great tool. Yeah. But, um, Here's the thing, though. There's a video you should check out if you're really <laughs> anti-CGI. Um, it's like a video that shows like when CGI really is good is when you don't notice it. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. Right, like, yeah. like there's certain there's, a, there's like there's like yeah. certain details oh, yeah. that like you like, but the the ones we always point to are the ones that are just very on the nose and like you're like oh my god that is completely fake and re- looking ridiculous. Yeah. But there's a lot of things like one of the ones I saw was like uh, World War Z. Mm-hmm. Like there's this whole yeah. moment where it's like no 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 it's good. Oh, like really? it, it's in oh. that video where it's like holy shit like. I would have never thought that all of that was CGI right well, that's there. Because I've seen clips of World War Z, and I'm like, that looks rough. Like oh, That looks like a video game. I just, oh. I don't know. You, I don't know. You guys know how, how I feel about it. I just wish, like... Oh, yeah, we've... I know. We know. <laughs> it's just making filmmakers lazy. They're just like, oh, we'll just we'll fix that in post. And that's <laughs> and that's the problem with it, is it has become a crutch when it shouldn't be. Yeah. And I admit to that. Other but times I think, it is like an art. I know it is an art form, because it, it takes a lot of work, and it's yeah. like, it's done well, it's really done well, but bleh, I'm not <laughs> not a fan. All right. Yeah. You guys yeah. know. You know. I've all right. Okay. No. That's, anyway. It's fine. We're ma- we're making progress here. <laughs> we're working out issues. In the topics of uh, uh, going kind of back to the strangers, and I'm really trying to make segues that are cohesive. They're not doing uh, a good job. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> I love you. Retro <laughs> throwback type movies. Tommy Wiseau is starring in a new film called Scary Love. This uh, bloody disgusting describes it as a Blade Runner sci-fi, Blade Runner style sci-fi tale 
about a bounty hunter, a dark, mysterious bounty hunter looking for his lost love. And they released, like, a very incredibly brief teaser for it. It is not being directed or written by Tommy Wiseau. I for, I'm going to try and find who is, in fact, directing it. <laughs> Frankly, I think, like... Jennifer Juniper. Well, at least it's a chick. That's that, not a real name. A name. I, no, of course it not. Is. I doubt right it. it. Scary Love is described as a science fiction tale told in the style of classic B-movies and outfitted with practical special effects, oh, that's something. laser beams, and lunatic ideas which are guaranteed to make it the next big midnight movie hit. Wait, they're using real laser beams? Yep. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> this sounds like dog shit. I'm not going to lie. I know. It's going to be... Ugh. Man, it's like... It's not It's not funny anymore. But Tommy Wiseau... It's like... I'm, I'm, I'm Tommy Wiseau out. I don't like this... Like... The room is good, but like this whole best friends. Best friends looks like absolute ass. Well, and best friends looks great. Did you guys fucking see the stupid ass Joker audition thing? That was funny. Man, I just like okay. My he got mainstreamed. Like I hate that. That's what I hate. I hate that terminology. That's fair. That's it makes me sound like a hipster douche. But But it's like like, that's not why I hate it. I hate it. Like I hate that he managed to do that because it's like. I'm sorry, Tommy. Tommy Wiseau is not a he's talented not, he's dude. He's not talented. No, he's not, like, yeah. and and the room, like, he the, stumbled into like success. The thing is, the what makes like bad movies good, like when you like a bad movie, it's because it has one outstanding, really good aspect, and normally the cast and crew doesn't realize it's a bad movie. Right. That to me, that makes a bad movie a good movie. Is like when you can tell it's still bad, but like you like it still. It's because there's something really good about it, and because most of the people working on it don't understand how bad it is. So I guess the room had the whole like, oh, we don't realize how bad this movie's gonna be. Mm-hmm. No, it, they realize. Well, well everyone didn't. except Tommy was so realized. But like, it didn't have any good aspects to it, and like, right. and Tommy was so like, if anything, he might have been better if he wrote or directed something. But his acting is probably the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. And I'm sorry because it's like I was actually gonna bring this up before because I feel like. Maybe I'm just butthurt because he has such a huge cult following and like obviously like anything I do is not going to have that. But I also feel like I could outact outright and outdirect Tommy Wiseau in like a fucking heartbeat. I feel like I could do that within one evening. You know what I mean? It would be a terrible feat to set out to do. I mean, it's just... Yeah, but... It's but just... Uh, does that make I, any, anybody else mad? It just makes me so mad. Because yeah, I'm like, how the fuck did you do this? You're probably going to make so much money with all the stuff that you're putting it's out It's just now. annoying. It's not... like It's like it's like a joke that's just been beaten to death. It's yeah. like, oh, haha, this guy sucks at what he did one time in 2003. And like, it was fun. Like, the, like obviously, the room is like very near and dear to my heart. Like, I love the room because... just watched it like it's probably really, a month ago. No, but that's... It's fun but to that's, watch, but, but that's it's horrible. But that's its own thing. Like, that's where it should have ended. It shouldn't become Best Friends. It shouldn't become no. whatever this fucking Blade Runner sounding movie is. Like, no. it, it should have just ended there. He got his moment with the disaster artist. All right, now, peace. Like... But no, he's gonna go make a to fuck keep, ton of money. Yeah, that keep, dude's gonna make so much fucking money. Keep doing the cult, cult movie thing. Like, that's fine. But like, yeah. now... Now it's become more than that. And that's where I draw the line. It's like, okay, no, this was... He, stop putting him in lead roles. He's not talented. Um, it. I don't know. It's just I'm. I'm so over. The I, room. Like I. It was fun watching the room. I'll give you that, yeah. Matt. Like it was fun rewatching it. It always is kind of like a treat if you're watching with friends. But like, 
him, his personality. He's not a good person. He's, just, he's a piece of shit. Like, that's the thing. Want, I just don't want people like him to be making money and getting popular. That shit bothers me. Because I'm like, there's so many people who are really talented who just don't get any money ever. Even right. though they're like working super hard and they do have talent. And right. this guy is just like, I mean, you could really say that about him. a lot of celebrities. So that's the thing. It's I know, like, and it drives I, me nuts. I hate it so much. Um, But I, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it, it bothers me. I guess I was going to say one other thing, though, is like, Maybe if he's not the one writing or directing, maybe it'll be good. Maybe he can take direction because I haven't ever like seen him take direction. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't jump to. I know. I don't. I doubt it. But I'm just like, hey, fucking. Maybe he'll have something. And it, like I said, maybe I shouldn't be talking because it's also, like there's who a part would of me want to direct not. him. Like I would he probably like pull my horrible. hair out and throw myself through a window before like I ever yeah, like. Because I, I feel like he's not a person. If it's not him at the in the director's seat, then it should be nobody. Is the way I, he probably yeah, but that's that's why I assume he views things. But probably who knows? Who knows? But Matt. also, like, guess what? Probably gonna fucking see this movie because I need to see uh, what a shit show uh, it is. I don't know if I can do that. I want to see. We'll it. see. I want to know what happens. Matt, I do. What do you think? And I hate it. Y'all are just a bunch of cynics, aren't you? <laughs> I hate you. So I'm much. rooting for him, quite honestly. Uh, like, I think it's great. <laughs> that would explain why I, you're so quiet while we well, talking. Because, like, I I get it. Yes, he's like he was shitty on the Southern Room. He's like a shitty person. Yes, he's a horribly untalented writer, director, producer, and actor. But in a weird sort of way, that's why I'm rooting for him. Right. Because every time I go to write a script or I go to start making a movie, there's the complete potential that it's going to be absolute ass. And like yeah. and I that's why I'm rooting for him because He's got passion and he has ambition and I think yeah he makes garbage but that doesn't mean like I don't believe that he needs to be put in that box of just like oh you made the room you stay in your little playpen there. If people yeah. want to work with him and give him weird roles and like Greg Sestero wants to do best friends with him and this chick wants to make uh, uh what the fuck is it scary love with him That's fair. more power to him and more power to him. I'm not saying that, and you're right, like, there are plenty of talented people that are getting shafted in the industry that should be getting money, and, and like, yeah, he's not doing anything, it is sort of like a bad joke that's played out. I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you guys, I'm just saying that, I, I just, I think he's funny, and I'm always going to I think I don't like people funny. that capitalize on, like, incompetence, that's the well, thing, and that's what it feels like a lot of these people are doing, they're just like, oh, this guy, like, is he sucks, so we're gonna use this as, like, a marketing tool, and it's almost like taking yeah. advantage of him in some way, like they are, I mean, obviously he's a grown adult, he can make his own, his own decisions, but, like, still, it's like, I don't know, there's some fishy characteristics that play into it. In a sense, I guess I kind of agree with you, Matt, because, like... That's fucking liar. No, in a sense. I said in a sense. Because, like, I'm not... I don't like Tommy Wiseau and he pisses me off a lot because it's, like, he does have a huge fucking following and he doesn't have the things to offer that I think... Like, I don't think he has anything to offer. But I'm one person, for one. And two, like, there are a lot of things that are really bad and I... And I know how bad they are, but I still really like them, you know? And right. It's, it's kind of, admittedly... Okay, so Forbidden Zone is a good film. I'm really into it. But like there were a lot of things that were just not good about that movie. And like there were a lot of things that were kind of thrown together. Like the music was done in like two weeks or something. And like they I love that that had gotten a, a cult following. 
because it was kind of thrown together and because like it does kind of give other people hope, you know, you don't need to make like a blockbuster film to get a following, you know? And so in a sense that is really good. Like that does, I, I can see where you, where the draw is because it's like, you know, he didn't make a blockbuster film. He did just make something that literally anybody in the fucking world could have made. But that means that, like, hey, if you want to make movies, then that means you probably could, too, if you have the fucking money for it. You know? So I get it. So, audience, I, Wrong. Turn, I turn it over to Wrong. you again. Tweet at us. What do you think about... Do you, does, this, does this fucking even have a fucking Twitter account? No, it doesn't. Yeah, what tweet is this garbage? Tweet at Graham. Yeah, at tweet, tweet, tweet at, at me. Tweet at I get, I, get, I, 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 I have one, too. You can tweet at me. It'd be funny, because, like, nobody follows me, because I don't, I don't give a shit about Twitter. Message me on... Aim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't. Aim doesn't even exist anymore. That's probably Where good. Graham's side eyeing me hard now. I'm sorry I like Tommy Wiseau. Are you going to be You're allowed to have opinions. Class? You should have opinions. Somebody has to like You can have wrong opinions. It's fine. <laughs> I'm Graham and I have his podcasting network and I think I'm hot shit. He did get really mm. cool equipment. You're really, you're really digging low on that one. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to the junkyard for uh-huh. your fucking... Come back. It's okay, though. So, all right, next topic. Um, Our segues are great today. Honestly, I feel like they're better than other days, so fuck it. Who cares? Normally, <laughs> we're just like, hey, let's talk about this now, <laughs> you know, um, which I guess is what we're doing, but yeah. Huh. So, a <laughs> uh, new season of Ash vs. Evil Dead okay. is out right now, currently airing, um, and it's it's getting uh, good reviews, just like the other the past two seasons of Ash versus Evil Dead have gotten uh, good reviews on on the Stars Network, uh, but the ratings are awful. Apparently, no one is no one is tuning in to watch the show with the more prolific advent of streaming and people less and less people getting having cable. No one is tuning in to and just inherently. Evil Dead being a niche market as it is, mm-hmm. I think no one is tuning into the show. So this has prompted Bruce Campbell to make a little statement. I lost the article. I don't know where I read it. I just had it. It's not here anymore. But he basically said something to the, to the degree of, which is interesting because I remember him saying that he's pretty much done with the role of Ash. Yeah, I'd heard that but too. But he said that they're going to go... They're gonna see what the TV got, what he calls the TV gods say hmm. about the future of the show, and if all else fails, they could maybe do another movie. And is that the is that the attitude he took, where it was just like, oh, if this fails, we're gonna we're gonna do the movie thing? I gotta try and find. I'm this, sorry, I don't mean to article again. Because um, I I thought that was kind of like I thought that was what they were intending to do with it in the first place. Like, I thought they were gonna make more movies what's, anyway. Well, what's interesting is. When the reboot came out, um, give me a second here. Um, what is the exact? Well, we're going to see what the TV gods have in store for us. We're ready either way. If they take us off the air, we can think about we can think about another movie. Aww. And if they don't, we can just keep plugging away. Aww. Which is interesting because he made it sound like uh, 
several months ago that this was going to be the end of the show and in turn the end of the character Ash. And whether they kill him off or not is up to them to decide, but it sounded like he was retiring the role. Now, this is also the same guy that when the reboot of Evil Dead came out and people were expecting them to do a crossover with Ash and the character Mia from that Evil Dead reboot, he said that was just like, you'll believe anything that you read on the internet. Like, there's literally no way that's ever going to happen. Now, all of a sudden, he's saying that they can maybe do another movie. So it begs the question, is that what they have in store? What do they have in, in mind for the future of the show? It's just something I was... Bringing up, it's like why? What do you like? What do you think? What, what what do you guys think about this whole debacle? And in turn, like uh, what's happening with the show ratings wise? And am I, am I going first? You I think go I should. First. You looking different? But okay, so I I don't know how everybody else feels, but I liked the film a lot more than I liked the series. Like I, I wasn't against the series, and I liked what they were doing with it. I loved that Lucy Lawless was on it, the the series and whatnot. Um, but I I loved that that remake that that reboot Reboot's sort of really thing. solid. Yeah, it was really good, and I really wanted to see them do more with that. And even if it's not like the the exact same sort of Evil Dead Evil Dead Two Army of Darkness thing, like I'd love to see where they could take that. Um, even I mean, frankly, even if Bruce Campbell isn't involved, I'd like to see what they did, like what they would do, you know? Um, yeah. Because like I love Bruce Campbell, and I want to see him do all the things. I want to see him make money, and that's why I was glad that they were doing Ash vs Evil Dead if he wasn't going to be in the Evil Dead reboot, um, like the films, but I, yeah, like when I saw the first one, I was under the impression that they were intending to make other films already and that that wasn't really dependent on the series, but the longer that the series has carried on, it does kind of seem to be the case where it's like they might have a little crossover and they might do something with that, but it doesn't seem like they want to make other movies. To me, that's really disappointing because I I was a huge fan of that reboot and I know a lot of people who were, like, because they they did a fun thing with that, I think. well, they brought. I think what was successful with like as I love Evil Dead too, and I love Army of Darkness, yeah. two of my favorite movies. But I think what was so successful with that reboot is they brought it to the exploitative, nasty roots yeah. that the first movie exactly. had. Exactly, like they and weren't it, like became, they weren't trying to be funny. They yeah, it to, like, became like like Grindhouse, like the movie Grindhouse was like was like a tongue in cheek homage mm-hmm. to Grindhouse movies. This felt like an an actual grindhouse movie like an actual exploitation film and i think that's what the appeal of it was it Mm -hmm. was a red-blooded nasty horror movie i think they could do a lot of things with that graham you said it earlier this thing is very niche yeah Mm -hmm. like that like as much as we like to talk about evil dead and stuff like that like it's not a mainstream very like big market type thing um, I forget that. Yeah, I know that's the weird. Like, like I, I'm the same way. Like, there's a lot of horror movies that I like that I just assume, like everyone's seen because mm-hmm. I, you know, it's such a big deal to me. It's like my world. But the like reality most- is, when you look across, you know, the the numbers, and you look at, you know, who's going to see it, and you know how many people are going to see it. Sometimes those numbers are not very large. Um, that's, I mean, think about all the the cult TV shows in the past that have been canceled after one season, but mm-hmm. you know, um, people people loved and, and it had like that kind of following um, or that, that, that very small group of following um, that, uh, that, that could be the same situation here. I think it is the same situation here to be perfectly honest. And there's not a bad thing in that. It's just like 
the reality of we've been talking about this like people that make money that shouldn't and people that should make more money that don't yeah. you know it's there's things that should be getting more ratings than others and and then some tv shows you know bad reality tv shows get you know huge numbers every week and sometimes mm-hmm. like the really high quality narrative uh tv shows don't get that it, it's it's just the um, sometimes you can do all the marketing you want you can make the best possible tv show you you want but sometimes people just aren't in the mood for that and yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird, it's a weird way in which the entertainment world has always worked for so many years and probably and it's going to continue, um, especially with the more content that's being made on things like Netflix and stuff mm-hmm. like that and um, you know I don't know it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward though I you know I, I obviously I've said this before I'm not I'm not like I don't dislike Evil Dead I, I like Evil Dead like it's it's good like I appreciate it I'm not like a diehard fan at all but. Um, you know, I, I have no idea where they go from here now. I guess I, I guess is it'll be interesting because, like you said, Bruce Campbell. I remember literally us talking about this. We brought it up on a show, yeah, right, where it's like he sounded very much like he was about to mm-hmm. retire the character, and who knows why? You know, <laughs> he had a sudden change of heart. But um, frankly, I mean, it's how many years has it been now? I guess like thirty-five or something like that. First movie came out in like eighty. Yeah, yeah so it's been quite a while. Um, a little over thirty years, so. But uh, I don't know. I was kind of hoping that Ash versus the Evil Dead would at least, you know, turn new generations on mm-hmm. to the to the series. But which I think know, it has because I uh, to a degree though. But I'm almost worried that the, the small set of people that are watching it are like already fans of Evil Dead and that yeah. like are just very loyal to the series. But who knows? Well, I, I don't have any numbers in front of me right plus, now. Plus, like I unfortunately I didn't actually read this article, but um, apparently Bruce Campbell was talking about why. Uh, the Walking Dead would have done better than Ash versus Evil Dead would, um, and why it would have, or or like why The Walking Dead has done so well, and oh, why yeah. Ash versus Evil Dead probably. I mean, it's not nearly as close, but it's like with that, it's. I mean, because I don't really, I don't really follow The Walking Dead because I, I I read the first volume of the comics and I was really into that, and then. When I saw the TV show, I wasn't super into yeah, it. Three seasons are good. The rest are, you can take it or leave it. Yeah, but I think, like, with that, it's more of, like, a drama. It's not, like, you know, it doesn't do that whole sort of, like, B-movie slapstick comedy thing that I think the other half done. of it is, is uh, Walking Dead was on AMC, which is yeah. on most basic cable providers, mm-hmm. so it's already easier for people to tune in. Right. Yeah. Stars Dead. is a little harder to get a hold of. Yeah, Stars is you need to have certain. I providers. wonder if um, if Ash vs. Evil Dead is considered just like going straight to Netflix or like trying to do that. Because that's be what I was thinking too, because they finally got the first two seasons up on Netflix, and it's like they always. Frankly, I'll probably be more likely to watch that now. Even I was though I don't even that's Netflix, so. <laughs> I don't the know. thing of it is, is like if they're worried about ratings it's like doing something for i'm sure netflix would gladly take it too it's not like nobody's watching it like it would definitely say evil dead it 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 is niche but evil dead and bruce campbell have become marketable because Mm -hmm. it has like people know that it has such a cult following so and like i said age of of nostalgia so Mm -hmm. a lot of people are bringing back the whole evil dead thing and whatnot because even if they did like another movie and they didn't I want to do a theatrical right release, they could do it straight mm-hmm. to Netflix too. If they I would wanted. be so into that. So then that's uh, that's but that I guess. I read that. I mean, well, I read that Bruce Campbell also brought up that um, Army of Darkness didn't do too well. Army of Darkness that, did not do well. Yeah, and that like that's like kind of my favorite part of that series. I love that movie so much. Um, and 
I mean, so like maybe that's why they're hesitant to like keep going with the the movies. Like maybe they don't want to bring it that direction. They don't know which direction to bring it if they're not going to go that way, because that was a very sort of like linear thing. Like, they, you know, it's definitely a series. So if they're going a totally different way, like it might be hard to incorporate Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness into a new kind of vibe. I don't know. So, and that's the other thing is I think the reboot uh, box office wise did okay, mm. but I don't think it broke. Yeah, it was that's a bummer. It was break, so good. It did not break the box office. I'm bank. gonna I'm gonna go home and watch this movie. I loved that movie yeah, so it's, much. It's, it's We're talking about so the 2013 good. one, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I loved it so much. It's good, it's so good. I like it a lot. Um, every oh. time I rewatch it, I'm just reminded of how like gross it is. Cause well, like, isn't that? Yeah, I mean, because I know they did a lot of things practically, but didn't they use CGI kind of a lot in that one? Not like a ton, but they uh, know, maybe they didn't. I don't know. They do, but they definitely they use it as a tool. As well, yeah, and I was gonna say there's that's, a lot it's of stuff like that where I, I there's a lot really of like, it. like practical effects. Yeah, and then that's how movies bed. should be made. <laughs> it should be like practical effects, and then CGI just sort of like builds on it. I don't know. Yeah. Y'all know my opinions. I get so mad anyway. <laughs> Speaking of opinions, oh. the uh, greatest filmmaker and musical <laughs> auteur, uh, Rob Zombie, has <laughs> announced good. that Cram is so upset. This is going to be great. It's going to be great, you Let's guys. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Rob Zombie, <laughs> out of the blue, after rumors oh. of uh, his next movie being a follow-up to House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, rejects by the time by we're recording this a day after he dropped an Instagram photo of a director's chair that has the banner a Rob Zombie film three from hell and his caption was something to the degree of uh, the rumors are completely true uh, day one of filming three from hell and then he did hashtag Bill Mosley and hashtag uh, Sherry Moon Zombie Dude. and then of course everyone assumes that Sid Haig will be returning what as this is another Captain Halloween Spalding. movie <laughs> what if dude I just I want Bill Mosley to make all of the money ever I love Bill Mosley so much if he just like made things like every day for the rest of his life I'd probably see every single thing he made I love Bill Mosley it's quite a grand statement right? dude I love it's him a bold statement he's so good I want to see what's his name Jeff Phillips oh Jeff oh, Daniel Phillips yeah he's been doing oh, well. Jeff Phillips Daniels he, uh, some, oh. something the cave man's He's, if, been, he's been doing good. I like him. If I watched, if he made something every single day, I would go see it. He's fun. Yeah. You haven't seen oh. 31 yet, have you? No. Oh, it's so not good. And I gave it's so fine. much money towards that film. It's I'm just mad so because I, she back, no, she I fan backed it. Like oh, really? a lot, you guys. So much. How much did you back? Okay, not a lot, but it was like a little over $200. And I'm like, wow. I was a student at the time. I know. I know. And I'm like, Rob Zombie, you have all the money. Why would you do this? And at the time, I was just like, dude, I can get meet and greet tickets so I can meet Rob Zombie. Dude, I can get a signed script. Whoa, that's funny. Well, you met awesome. Rob Zombie? I did. I think we probably talked about this. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, that's it's okay. Um, that's pretty cool. It though. was really cool. And I was really pumped about it. And I got to take, like, I took a picture with him and John Five. And I was so pumped. And I got to, like, put an arm around him. And I'm still geeking about it. I was so pumped. Because, like, <laughs> if if I would have told, like, 13 year old Jolyn, hey, someday you're going to meet Rob Zombie, she would have shit her pants, probably. <laughs> but Gross, but yeah, it's <laughs> totally fair. But. The thing is, like, I've been so disappointed by him ever <laughs> since that day. You know what I mean? Like, I was so pumped. Oh, I'm sorry. I was so pumped when that happened, and then I saw 31, and I was like, "Wow, this is horrible." Because I was, it's not I was that bad. It was. He's I mean, made worse movies. I mean, yeah, but like, okay, so I saw Lords of Salem. I wasn't Lords a huge of Salem fan, is much but worse. Than well, that's the thing. Well, I expected 31 to be significantly better, and like when I read the script, it was actually 
pretty good. But I remember like reading through the script and finding typos and stuff like that. And I'm like, Rob Zombie, what are you doing? How Hell fast did you, yeah. how, how fast do you write the script? The best way. To- and I'm like, <laughs> dude, like my scripts probably look fucking better than that one did, you know? And I'm just like, okay, well, I can get over that. This is a signed script. That's pretty cool. And then I watched the movie and I was just like, oh, this is, this is really disappointing <laughs> which is yeah. another interesting thing because it's like 31 had build up 31 had the kickstarter yeah all of a sudden he's just like i'm making a movie and well, then like this is on the, top of he's got it's a fucking thing that i'm so mad about i'm like rob zombie you had so much i'm sure you had the money to make that film you just wanted to prove that like hey i have so many fans like look how much my fans love me i'm gonna make this film with all their money like that just feels I, so dick baggy he's a dick bag (laughs) i don't know i just think it's it's funny to me because he's on top of that he's he's working on this now he's been recording a new album and he's dropping a new live album that actually comes out later this month that i may or may not have (laughs) pre-ordered also okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna finish my thought though because (laughs) no guess who's really fucking excited for this new devil's rejects movie graham me oh. <laughs> i'm so well and i doubt maybe graham maybe graham I like devil's rejects but dude i loved i loved both those movies i watched them still like regularly maybe once a month i loved those films and i'm probably gonna love this film too and i hate myself thoroughly for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel every time i after i watch rob zombie's movies and enjoy them i feel just dirty i do too oh, oh, fine. get over it well it's like i hey, love back off there <laughs> you feel the same exact way you I fucking love, liar i love the idea I've gotten gotten over it. (laughs) I love that he's like this really awesome punk dude who was just like badass back in like what the 80s, 90s. And then he went on to make horror films. Like that's fucking dope. Like I love that about him as a filmmaker. But he can't write. He's not very good. No. But also like. Except Halloween too. I was going to say I like. Modern cinematic The thing is like I like a lot of his films. Like they're fun to watch. And I'm like that's. That's all that fucking matters, right? It doesn't matter if it's a good or bad film. It's a, If it's fun for you to watch, then it's a good film, well, you know? The appeal for Rob Zombie for me is, again, going back to like what the Evil Dead reboot is, is he makes legitimate grindhouse movies. Yeah. He makes exploitation yeah. movies. It's like, Still very disappointed by 31, but his other films I liked. Well, and Lords of Salem I wasn't super into either. Lords of Salem is balls. Like, yeah, I didn't well, like the movie at all. Graham and I were like groaning I kinda, like halfway through Lords of Salem. I kind of liked the book because it was like super gross and I thought that was fun. But the movie's kind of gross too. But the movie yeah. is gross, but like unwarrantedly gross. It's like, yeah. oh, we're going to have imagery of priests jacking off because well, it's like, it, that, that's it. And in terms it's, of it's like, uncomfortable. like, I know it's not a good film and I, it's not one of those that I would like ever go out of my way to watch or like buy or anything. But she, but she would. She totally the would. The thing is, is like, I still, when I watch his films, I don't know if it's just nostalgia for me or what, but it's like, there's still part of it that I really like because it's so like, Everything he makes is way over the top and unnecessary, you know? And I Mm -hmm. like that. That's why I don't like Lords of Salem, because it's super subdued. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I mean, a lot of it is still really over the top and and unnecessary. Like, the the scene with the witches, where it's all just like a bunch of naked old The finale is over the top. Lords of Salem is all style, no substance. That's the best way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. And plus, it's like, I was just disappointed, because I want to see a a movie about modern witchcraft, and that's actually really good. What bums me out about that uh, movie is, like, they needed some Rob Zombie weird characters and you don't really have any like sherry yeah. moon's got like her fucking oscar face on and everyone's playing it razor straight that only li- that one line that we always quoted that you call my granny a whore that's oh, like yeah. the only line i remember from that movie well, because the rest of that movie is like he was tr- seriously trying to like make a kubrick movie and well and 
it's so weird to see Rob Zombie do something like that because he still has those weird lines that are like, uh, like when Sid Haig in, I think it's uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, when he's like, fuck your mama, fuck your sister, oh, yeah. and like, et cetera. He uses shit like that in Lords of Salem, but all of it is so straight-faced and, yeah. and it's so like serious also, the whole time. It doesn't make sense that much in the in the terms of the context of the movie like no. in terms of like the location like like yeah and then devil's rejects it's more like you know they're a bunch of hillbillies hillbilly yeah. hillbilly you know that kind and of culture yeah. whereas lord of sam was like the city it's like mm-hmm. new york city and it's no, like it's, well, it's uh, salem yeah it's salem where is that again massachusetts massachusetts <laughs> well close enough nah, well, it's like well it's Graham the same thing we, we always talk about that with this halloween remake it's like this is illinois this isn't yeah. like fucking louisiana it's right. like yeah. right also like, like i just rewatched halloween 2 recently and it's like I still kind of like certain aspects of that movie, but like all of it, because it's the best movie. Ever. It's the voice of the of the the sister, or whatever of, of Michael Myers. Her voice the whole time. I'm just like, will you shut the fuck oh, up? Oh, Laurie. Yeah, I'm just like, Jesus yeah. Christ, your voice She's, is the most she, berating garbage thing She's I've ever heard. Annoying in that movie. Well, it's like I, she, as much as I like chasing wrong, Amy, like you're Kevin, wrong, Kevin you Smith open your mouth. Chasing I don't like Amy. I don't like that movie. Either. No, her voice in, is so annoying. Amy. No, it's um, I forget the actress's name, but that's well, that's uh, Scout to a Compton. Yeah, it, her voice when she's like yelling is the worst thing ever, and that's my least favorite part about Chasing Amy. Like I can't really watch that movie just because her. Well, yelling. not that, not that. Her. Okay, Scout Taylor that, Compton is the actress in Halloween Two. I'm, oh, I don't no, know the actresses no. in Chasing um, Amy. The, I'm sorry, I'm Amy Poehler. No. Oh, I'm all over the no, place. That's wrong. But wrong. I already know um, what the name I was. I don't say. remember her name, but she was in Mallrats too. Um, Mallrats too, or Mallrats also. Mallrats also. Um, but she, the thing is, she's a really good actress, and she has like a really. She's also in like fucking Big Daddy. She played like the love interest. In oh, Big Adam Sandler. Guys, oh my god. <laughs> I give up. I'm just gonna say yes. It was Adam Sandler, you guys. Sweet. But anyway. Um, it's just that berating, annoying voice. It, it goes really far for me. Where I'll just I'll go from liking a movie to not liking a movie at all. And for me, that's that's scout. Never whatever bothered me. Never bothered me. Is it because you think she's hot? I mean, she's fine. Mm. No, it's not because she's hot. I think I she's like I don't know. <laughs> she's fine. It just didn't bother me because I think she like she like actually cries and like when people gri- cry, they get whiny and they get gross and they get yeah, snivelly it's like that, and it's just her the whole fucking movie you know what i mean like but that's like and i get that because that's like when when i first watched it i was like what the fuck did they do they made Lori so unlikable they made loomis so unlikable then we rewatched it and i'm like oh it like actually works because mm-hmm. it's like it's supposed to be like like darker and like life sucks and I like how like nihilistic it is. Yeah, right. On. But anyway, but what do you guys think about Three from Hell? Is oh. the original question. Okay, yeah, I was about to bring it back eventually. I promise, I'm all over the place. All but right. I, uh, I my my first thought was I. Well, it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my first thought and then I'm gonna contradict it right away because initially I was just like I hope they make a prequel because I hate when films do the whole like. They go back and they they undo their ending, kind of like how Annie Wilkes is it gets mad in misery when like uh, the writer tries to uh, just like write it off as if his character never died. Yeah, even though that's yeah. initially how he wrote it, and yeah. she's just like, "No, you can't do that. You have to like fix it." You know. Right. Um, so I I kind of didn't want them to. I didn't want him to do that, where it was just like, "Oh, they didn't die." Just kidding. 
But then I realized if he's doing three from hell, it might be because they returned from hell. Which is what and then I'm I was hoping like, dude, for. Dude, that could be so awesome. It's gonna be so stupid, but so good. I'm, I'm hoping for I'm that. I'm gonna see the shit out of this movie. I'm, I'm really hoping. Excited. I'm really hoping the title is literal. Yeah, the, me too. And me I, too. Yeah, that's probably the only way I'm gonna be excited for this. Because like, if they if they were if they did do that whole undoing of the ending thing, mm-hmm. it'd been like, or they were the just fuck. shot a million times and never died. Yeah, yeah. I, have no idea. I have no idea. Hey, Hey man, Michael Myers was shot maybe, in the face at the end. That doesn't make it good though. You know what would be even better if it's shot in Rob Zombie's perspective of hell? Because I want to see a movie just in hell. That's my. It's Rob all tits. Yeah. What? what? Oh. Yeah, probably. It's it's all it's I, it's going to be all. Alice Cooper is going to be in it. He he's going to play the devil, obviously. Oh Dude, yeah. I would shit. Um, <laughs> I would love that so much. Fuck it. I don't know what I I don't know. I don't claim. I don't know what, what it would be, but, but uh, I, I think it'd be cool. No, when I heard the title Three from Hell," I'm like, if they actually come back from the dead somehow, that would be stupid and amazing, and that's how I would do this sequel. We'll see though, because as as weird as Rob Zombie's movies are, they're usually kind of grounded in some kind of reality. Mm-hmm. So so I don't know if he would is going to do that. Yeah, I don't know. know. He's just going to make it suck. And I I also was kind of like wondering if, I wonder if he did this because he was just like, oh, I want to bring this back. Or if it was just all of his other movies were doing so bad that he's just like, maybe I should bring those back because those were actually kind of successful even though I guess they kind of weren't. Well, even though, like even then it's like, are you talking about box office numbers? I don't think, I don't know how many people know about the Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects actually had a $7 million budget and grossed 17 million. I was going to say it because I I know a lot of people that dig that movie and a lot of people, to say, well, the thing of it is, is Roger Ebert was a big supporter of that Mm -hmm. movie and so I think that helped the Devil's Rejects a lot. Less people feel like I've seen House of Thousand and corpses I because I, I, I like it more than so, those rejects. I know I do too, but, but I know a lot of people that fucking hate that. Well, movie. that's the thing is like it's, it's really derivative. It's and it's really derivative, really derivative of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. and it's also just like well, a lot of things unapologetically like his style. Well, and it's like it's literally I like watching it. a music video it, like, half the time. The thing is, I feel like if I ever successfully make a film, it's going to turn out like fucking House of a Thousand Corpses because it's just him like jacking off on a screen and I love it. Because he's just, <laughs> I mean, exactly you, know what like I, that. you know what I mean though. Like yeah. it's just, it's just him like, this is what I dig. This is what I want to see done. So I'm going to fucking do it and it's see true. what happens. You know, I'm going to take the money that I've made from all my punk rock years. I'm going to make this movie that's just for me. I'm going to use my hot wife. She's going to be in it. She's going to be a badass. She's going to do like a burlesque performance. You want to talk and, about annoying voices. Uh, Cherry Moon Zombie as baby literally makes see, me want to scalp myself. All right. Maybe that's just like personal. personal you just think she's hot. I do. I do. <laughs> well, and it's like, I, I kinda, does too, she's it's so, fine. she's so yeah, annoying, yeah, but yeah, it's like, it's cute. Her voice is like annoying cute. It's not like as, Ooh, I don't know if I can agree with that. Though. <laughs> it's still annoying, but like, I, I kind of like it. I like uh, her crazy laugh. Like I, I like it. I think it's she's creepy. Just a terrible actress. <laughs> oh no, she, she's not a good actress, but she's good when she plays baby. Like she's bad at almost everything else. I mean, that's, <laughs> fa- that's fair. She I, she's good okay as, as Deborah Myers. 
in the uh, first movie. Uh, I mean, I she's know. fine. I mean, yeah, she's I like actually she's has not. a personality beyond like Cupid doll. But that's yeah, not but really, that doesn't make her good though. Like no, I'm and, just saying, in terms of like what you have to work with, the fucking no name chick that she plays in 31 that I barely remember yeah, like I don't even, what she does other that. than that I know she's she, the final girl. Yeah, and that ending her is fucking, fucking horrifically awful Oscar face performance in yeah, Lords was, of Salem. That was not good. Cupid doll baby from Lords of Salem, not Lords of Salem. House and Devil's Rejects. I really, I or think like it is, an actual kind of believable mother. I think I do just think she's hot. So I, I don't think I like it as much when she's in Halloween because she's, she's like trash. playing an annoying she's mom. She's like a normal person. Yeah, I'm like, I'd rather see her like go crazy and kill people personally because that's, I don't know. We all we know what Jolene's into now. Oh, God. <laughs> and on that oh note, God. I think that's a good place to end the show. Oh right. no. I hope everyone enjoys their St. Patrick's Day. I hope everyone drinks responsibly. Oh, Graham, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I am the doctor. <laughs> Jolene, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. We had a what the hell I just said there? Did I just say I'm the doctor? I am the doctor. <laughs> well, you call me the doctor, so I've, just, I've accepted my opinion. I am the but doctor. it's like, Graham, it's always a pleasure. I am the doctor. <laughs> well, that conversation went. Uh, and I'm your host, so Matt Schaefer. Today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we return to our coffins and wait for the sun to dip back below the horizon so we can emerge and terrorize the streets. Have a groovy evening. Stay warm. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420. In stores only. Excludes in-store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two-day only deals. Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, this Easter, I'm on the hunt. For eggs? For new styles my family can wear to brunch. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now, get a huge 50% off your entire purchase in store. Everything you need, like dresses, polos, and shorts, is 50% off. 50% off? You must be hiding something. Dresses start at just $12 for women, $10 for girls. But Easter's just three days away. Then hop to it. It's in stores only. Don't tell the Easter Bunny. Hurry in for 50% off your entire purchase in stores only. Now at Old Navy. Valid 14 to 420. In stores only. Excludes in store clearance. Gift cards. Register lane items. Jewelry today only and two-day only deals.